today, a win for religious liberty from the Supreme Court. The Biden DOJ is coming after states with sanctuary status for guns, and Hunter Biden is, in fact, still a racist. We've got a lot coming up today, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. We have got a full table today. We are joined by Eric July, Blaze TV contributor. Uh, also, Amy Robbins, CEO of Alexo Athletica. And it's been a long time since we've had this guy. We've got Jeremy Dice back in the house, a special counsel from First Liberty. We're so happy to have you. And you look so dashing with your new beard. Why, why thank you. I was asking you if it was a COVID beard. And you Just said, sort of. Just proof that I can grow hair above the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, because we were wondering about yes, that. Yes, so. everyone is. <laughs> okay, so we do have um, Jeremy here because of all of the Supreme Court stuff. So I do want to get to that first. I thought it was first. because of the beard, but okay. Well, it's sort of. Yeah. We'll say both, okay. okay. Um, so I do want to get to that first and there were a couple decisions that were um were hand, can you say is it handed down sure. i feel like i'm i like need to be on with you what if i say the wrong thing uh so it has been a weird like they're giving unanimous decisions lately let me tell tell me what you think of that before we get into these well i think that's actually really fascinating i'm glad you brought that yeah. up because the left has been saying we got to pack the court got to pack the court why right because these trump appointed justices are going to rule the wrong way they're going to shove it and yet the entire court agreed on this. And all of them, two Obama judges, a Clinton mm -hmm. judge, they all agreed that this issue was so bad in Philadelphia that they had to rule it unconstitutional. And I'm glad they did. It's a great win for religious liberty. But it ought to give everybody pause to think, well, maybe we don't really need this court backing thing after all. And you, we don't. and you have to wonder if that was part of their, the, their consideration in ruling that way because i don't yeah. see them ruling unanimously often well so. the, the, actually it's surprising that the the unanimous vote is rather uh, uh, routine these days really? unanimous yeah. or eight to one seven to two that, that's pretty routine uh, part of that is chief justice roberts really wants to preserve the institution so he gets a lot of collegiality around the board he? and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff so i think at least that's the the scuttlebutt yeah uh, and maybe that's why we have these kinds of um collective broad rulings like that Regardless, there's no historical, or there is historical precedent for this too, right? There was the switch in time that saved nine, right? When FDR wanted to pack the court, the justices kind of switched their positions and saved the, the nine-member uh, Supreme Court. So uh, maybe that's having an influence. I don't like to think so, mm -hmm. but uh, bottom line is the court is getting along just fine. They're very collegial with one another. They're making unanimous rulings here. Maybe we can just back off this whole effort to pack the court yeah um okay so the the, the case at hand uh no pun intended is the, a case of a catholic foster care agency that refused to work with same-sex couples so uh the supreme court ruled in favor of this catholic foster care agency that uh, they say they were targeted by philadelphia authorities for refusing to consider same-sex couples as adoptive parents uh, the court ruled nine to zero that philadelphia violated the first amendment when it froze the contract of this foster care agency that refused to work with same-sex couples as potential foster parents because the agency believes that marriage should be between a man and a woman. Um, and I found this to be fascinating as well about the about this particular case, that the agency had actually never been approached by nor turned away a same-sex couple that was actually seeking to adopt. Yeah, no problems here at all. For 50 years, they've been contracting with the city of Philadelphia. And then all of a sudden, 
city of Philadelphia decides that we have a higher orthodoxy that we want you to subscribe to. And keep in mind, it's not just 50 years. That's how long they've been contracting with the city of Philadelphia. There's been Catholics ministering to orphans mm -hmm. since 1798 Jeez. in Philadelphia. So this is not like a Johnny-come-lately situation. <laughs> These are people who are informed by their religious beliefs to care for the orphans, care for foster children, and they've done a bang-up job of it there in the city of Philadelphia. But the city of Philadelphia said, you've got to agree to our, our principles of non-discrimination mm -hmm. or we are not going to tolerate you. Uh, and I mean, that's kind of funny, right? That you <laughs> yeah. have to be tolerant yeah, or we're or. not going to tolerate you. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah, that's exactly what happened. But the Supreme Court comes back and says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You have this little exception thing that you can unilaterally give out. You can exempt anybody from the requirements of this whole thing. And because you have that exemption there, uh, then you are discriminating by not even considering the exception, the exemption for this religious organization. And that's how the court kicked the case out of uh, the Supreme Court. That's what gave us a 9-0 ruling. Now, there's going to be more on this kind of thing in the future. Uh, so let's stop and say, number one, this is, is a really good win for religious liberty. And I think it ought to be a bit of a shot in the teeth to cities everywhere yeah. that want to just force religious organizations like Catholic Social Services in, in Philadelphia to either abandon their religious beliefs and get out of the uh, the business entirely, or, or I guess it's this way, abandon your religious beliefs and, and play with the city, uh, agree with their orthodoxy, mm -hmm. or get out of the adoption industry entirely, stop serving kids that need good homes, and abandon all your religious or stay faithful to your religious beliefs. That's an untenable choice that yeah. no religious organization ought to be ought to have to ever make. And yet, that's exactly what the city of, of Philadelphia wanted this uh, institution to do. Yeah, Amy, are you surprised by the uh, unanimous ruling? A, a little bit. I mean, I obviously do not have a background in law by any means. So when I'm reading through this, I'm really trying to digest and break down what the implications are. See, Amy's self-conscious too in front of him. I am. Right? <laughs> I'm like, really I don't work. want to say the wrong thing. He knows way more than me. Uh, no, I think, I think, when I look at stuff like this, I want to know what the implication is for religious freedom as a whole. You know, who, who can come under attack from this? Like, are churches subject to the local, state, and federal laws? Um, or no, because they're not receiving federal funding. You know, mm -hmm. this group was basically receiving money mm -hmm. from the state. Mm -hmm. So... Again, because I don't know how the law necessarily works and all these things, I would think if they are receiving the money that they might have to play by the rules of the state. So when I read that, I was, you know, a little surprised and then hoping that this has broader implications for just religious freedoms as a whole, because we've been saying, I see coming down the pipeline, if we keep heading in this direction, churches being under attack for you know not performing same-sex marriages or speaking from the pulpit out against things that they hold true as a part of their religious beliefs so i was kind of hoping it had broader implications and, and it kind of does it doesn't it doesn't so i'll use the famous law school answer of it depends right uh and it the reason for that is that you got to kind of be entering into the public square being a public accommodation there's a lot of discussion about that in the opinion today that i won't bore you with on that but there's another case that's out there called Employment Division versus Smith. And again, without going into Constitutional Law 101, um, that case has been a real problem for the free exercise of religion. So much so that Congress has twice now, almost unanimously, by the way, passed two different laws to get around it. The Religious Freedom Restoration Act, the Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act, ARLUPA, if you want to sound really cool. Uh, and both of those have been great tools for us as religious liberty defenders to be able to use to preserve religious liberty of churches and religious organizations and how they use their property and engage the public square free from government interference. Uh, that decision, which sadly was written by Justice Scalia, is really, really bad, and it needs to go away. And that's what you saw the concurrences saying. Uh, all of them are saying, 
wait a minute, we should just get rid of this case. It doesn't need to be here. It shouldn't be here. It upended all the wrong things in the law, and let's just get rid of the whole thing. But uh, that's where the court has stopped short. Justice Alito, in his uh, concurring opinion, says that this decision, the majority's opinion, might as, well has, might as well have been written on the disappearing paper that you buy at a magic shop, which I think is a great line. <laughs> but he's exactly right. What's going to happen is that the city of Philadelphia is going to go back and realize, oh, this is the exception problem. We'll get rid of the exception right, problem. Right. They have to still cow to our beliefs on these things or they can't participate with us. And we're all back in the court again, going back mm -hmm. to the Supreme Court of the United States. Mm -hmm. So there's more to come. Now, thankfully, there are other cases in the pipeline, including one that First Liberty Institute has right now, that may actually get to the Supreme Court and resolve that employment division problem that I talked about before. Mm -hmm. So we're, this is a good victory for right now. Until the, the paper actually magically disappears, it will continue to be a good decision. But eventually, there's going to have to be more to be done on that. And I'm, I'm excited to be able to do that. And there are other implications we can talk about, too. But... This is good. There's more to be done. Let's keep doing it. Yeah, Eric, um, are, are you where I'm at, where I was just like, I'm shocked to see the Supreme Court unanimously upholding the First Amendment? Well, my issue with it, I mean, yeah, in, in a sense, those guys, you don't expect them to ever agree. Not with all of them, no, right? Not, not <laughs> unanimously. But nonetheless, you know, when I was looking at this, and looking at other stories that are similar to it, it goes to show how muddy the waters get definitely when government is involved. And uh, you brought up a great point, which was where I was going with it as well. And that, OK, if you're accepting either grants, subsidies, uh, funding by way of the state, there's always these different set of rules that you necessarily ha have to play with. And definitely when you're dealing with like Civil Rights Act uh, at the state level, it's the same kind of uh, issue. We've seen Oregon dealing with that same sort of uh, uh, problem with the Baker and, you know, well, their civil rights laws say mm -hmm. one thing or are they impeding blah 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 but it's a different set of circumstances because they aren't necessarily accepting government funding and this is why I hate that they are involved in any of any any of this bullcrap and that we have to have, sit up and have a conversation where a church albeit we have to try to appeal to the Constitution but the fact that it's silly it, to me is more so I'm like okay this is their property this is how they want to deal with this there shouldn't be any other conversation that's being had in that mm -hmm. regard. Mm -hmm. That's where the buck stops. But we're paying all of these words, I won't say on the, on, on the show, but we're paying these guys to sit up here and argue with each other about what people can do or how people can uh, practice their own religious liberties. And that, to me, is such a frustrating thing because, I, you know, we want to bring the conversation back, back down to earth because, like you mentioned and like <laughs> you mentioned, this problem isn't going to go away by any means. Maybe you can see it as a victory, but it's one definitely is going to accelerate, considering definitely with these local and state governments and how they're all in on that issue, trying to uh, do stuff for that particular community. Yes, of course, the religious institutions are going to be the ones that are going to come under attack. Yeah. Um, I want to get to another Supreme Court ruling, which was uh, that the Supreme Court today upheld the Affordable Care Act. This was after Texas and, what, 17 other states mm -hmm. uh, and then former President Trump have tried to declare it unconstitutional. Um, I could sit here and read off what the court found, but I'd rather just hear it from you, Jeremy. It's so much more boring than the other case, though. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, what the court decided in that case is that the litigants in this case don't have standing. All right, here's boring civil procedure law for you. In order to go into court, you have to have a grievance that is redressable by the court. The court's got to be able to do something to okay. what you're asking, right? They can't just give you what's called an advisory opinion to say, well, we think this is what the law ought to be. You actually have to have some sort of grievance to be redressed. And what the court said is you don't have that. 
you've not been injured by this law yet. Maybe in the future you could mm. be, but yet you haven't right now. And so there's nothing here for us to do, and we can't give you an advisory opinion. Bye-bye, go somewhere else and come back later if something changes. So what has to change for them to be able to... Man, the, the whole ACA it, thing has gotten so weird and murky and big. Yeah. And, but, I mean, who would have seen this coming several years Gee, ago, right? I, I mean, shocking that we're going to have this gigantic <laughs> bloated government program that right. we can't figure out how to navigate or fund or whatever it is right now. And or we'd have years of, of litigation or we can't even get rid of it all. <laughs> yeah. And we'd have years and years of litigation of it all. I suspect that the Biden administration's response to this is going to be to try to do something to expand the idea of the ACA mm-hmm. through the Green New Deal or whatever it might be. Uh, refund it, what the what the President Trump had unfunded or defunded or whatever you call it. It's just a big mess. And the Supreme Court said, we're not going to get involved in this right now. Come back later when we, you have something actually for us to do. Yeah, um, Amy, it's weird because I thought that the Affordable Care Act uh, was going to solve all of the problems. So <laughs> why would they then need to make some changes to it or add in some funding with the Green New Deal? Because I was told that it was like people were literally dying in the streets and this was going to save them all. It was going to save the entire country. Yeah. I, I know. Actually, what I think of when I look at this case, I'm like, you have lawyers. My attorney is very expensive. And, you know, when yeah. he goes to court, he is prepared and he is ready to go. You would think you have all of these high paid attorneys that would have figured out that it's not easy to get a, a case accepted by the no, Supreme Court. Hard. So you would think that they would have already had that figured out, that there is no standing prior to it getting the Supreme Court. And well, they have not- good arguments for it all. They just didn't buy them. <laughs> Does not waste anybody's time. Yeah. <laughs> Get every, everyone, everyone's hopes up. Right, uh, Eric. What are your thoughts? I mean, this is this is government. This is how it works. This is why it's so important to obviously stop it from happening when there is a new implementation of such a law that is definitely as expansive as this is. Because give them an inch, of course, they're going to take the mile, and it's going to be more and more difficult to get rid of it. Like the old saying is there's no such thing as a temporary government program. So, yeah, this is going to be a fight and it's going to be all these silly conversations that are going to be had about something that should have never, ever, ever been a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it sucks because it's obviously people's pockets that we're playing with. I know people who want to signal to the people dying on the streets in the event that you get rid of it. I just, you know, I don't want to be stolen from to pay for that. How about that? Nonetheless, this is where we're at. And, you know, this is government one-on-one. This is why you have to, it's so important. People that were even flaky on the whole ACA thing, including Republicans uh, uh, early on, like it's so important to remain most principled. You think a lot of people learned that after (laughs) this past year with this whole COVID nonsense. When there is some sort of obstacle let's say in your way because the minute you give them all right we'll we'll let you have this i'll even meet you halfway it's done it's done we're going to visit this for the next 50 years yeah all right uh we've got more to come first we want to thank our sponsor patriot mobile so uh it's about to be the time of year that we celebrate our independence only because President Biden is allowing us the the pleasure of celebrating our independence and our values that make America great. But now more than ever, it is so important to support companies like Patriot Mobile. They not only share our beliefs, but they stand behind them with action. Patriot Mobile, for those of you who don't know, is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, and they donate a portion of every dollar to organizations and and causes that you fight for and care about, not like the left-leaning organizations that you may be paying your bill every month and they are 
donating that money to uh, pro-choice organizations, to organizations that are trying to get rid of your guns. You don't want to do that. All right, go to Patriot Mobile. They have two great offers to choose from right now. You can get 50% off your first two months or $100 off any phone, whichever works for you. They both come with free Premier activation. You just got to go to patriotmobile.com slash news for more details. They have the same nationwide coverage. They all use the same towers right now. All right, it's 2021. It's very easy. You got to go to patriotmobile.com slash news. That is patriotmobile.com slash news. All right, Jeremy, while we have you here, um, I know we are constantly talking about all of this vaccine uh, headlines that are in the news that are, you know, unvaccinated people have to sit in a different place than vaccinated people at, you know, Yankee Stadium or whatever. And there's, well, not really a vaccine passport, but basically a vaccine verification system. But it's totally not a passport that they're talking about in California. And I know other places um, there just seems to be this push for people to have to literally show papers to prove that they don't have to wear a mask, to prove that they can enter an establishment, to prove that they can buy a concert ticket at the regular price. And with all of this Supreme Court talk, um, I feel like we're headed for some sort of case to the Supreme Court to somehow settle this. And I just was wondering if you have any uh, idea how that might go or yeah, what kind look, of look. I think we all ought to have. have our pocket constitution in our pocket and just pull yeah. it out like Ron Swanson every time I can do what I want, right? <laughs> this is, this, this is says it. I can do what I want. Uh, and, and a little bit that's true, but here's the difficulty we've had with all the COVID cases. Uh, and now the vaccine is gonna be even worse on this because there's a case back in 1909 or something like that that governs all of this. Mm-hmm. And it gives broad powers to the government to be able to take emergency powers and impose all the things we've been through in the last 15 or so months. Um, thankfully, the Supreme Court, without setting precedent, has actually now five different times, at least when it comes to religious liberty, say, you can't treat churches and religious people differently than everybody else. And you keep on doing that. And my favorite line was, I think Justice Gorsuch in the last one said, we've now said five times <laughs> that you can't do this, as if you're not getting the message here, right. California, <clears throat> New York. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't keep doing this kind of thing. Well, when it comes to the vaccines, th- this is going to be tough. So my, my bottom line answer is say, this is going to be resolved uh, politically mm-hmm. and economically, meaning you're going to have to talk to your people in Congress and tell them you don't want this. You're going to have to talk to your businesses and say, I'm going to stop doing business here yeah. if you require this. Same with your employer, because I think it's going to be very difficult for us to stop. We just did a case in Alabama where there's a young lady who's never been vaccinated for anything. She's never had her family has a religious objection. Wait a second, she's entirely. alive? She's, she's still never alive. Been vaccinated. She's alive? Right? Wow. It's crazy. And so she's a student at the University of Alabama, Birmingham, and she tries to re-register for the fall semester, and they, they, they require her now to have vaccines. And we're like, whoa, hold on a second. You, we spent a whole year without a vaccine in the middle of COVID. There right. wasn't any problem. Why now? Well, we think it's because there's a lot of institutions. What now? 300 colleges have come out saying you're going to require a vaccine before you can come back on mm-hmm. campus. Well, I, I think they're probably trying to set that kind of thing up. Now, we represented her, pushed back on that and said, you got this all backwards and wrong. And, and she's going to go back to school without a problem because mm-hmm. Alabama has a pretty good religious exemption for vaccines. But not every state has that. Now, every state could get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we just start this kind of bidding war between Abbott and DeSanctis and we'll get that across the country again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, because that seemed to work real well with all the other COVID restrictions yeah, and yeah. having freedom. be. But I guess that kind of Neanderthal thinking is going to get us off track <laughs> in the, at the end of the day. So. Who knows? It's going to be tough, but I say if you vote with your wallet and your feet, this should, that will help.
it's gonna be it's gonna be tight. Yeah, Amy, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I mean, my thoughts are that I don't want to have to take this vaccine if I don't want to take this vaccine, mm -hmm. and what I choose to do with my health is literally nobody's business. Right. I mean, the 17-year-old. My body, my choice. I know. Oh, I, I, it, it, well, it doesn't apply to exactly. this or when it comes <laughs> or to our Second Amendment. <laughs> yeah. uh, you yeah. know, you can't choose how you want to protect yourself. It only either. applies when it's actually not your body. When it's not your body. <laughs> of course, get, that, get it right. Sure. You know, I mean, I think about it every time I walk into Target because they just put the signs up here around Target. I no longer have to wear a mask when I walk in there. But I'm like, if a little 17-year-old is going to stay in there and ask me about my my health information, mm -hmm. I, th this has just gotten so out of control because they don't ask about anything else. They're not asking us, our, did you get vaccinated for the flu? Did you get, like, I need to know all of your vaccines. Like, they're not asking that kind of stuff, and I don't want to tell you. Yeah, it is, it is curious, too, Eric, because at the same time that they are pushing in California to decriminalize, you know, knowingly infecting someone with HIV, uh, you, they're they're also saying you have to tell us all of your you know medical information and you, all of these things. Right, it's and my, my problem always look. I've, I've, I'm about private property rights. I'm yeah. I'm the anarcho-capitalist, so of course I want businesses to be able to make whatever decision it is. And obviously we make the decision with our feet and mm -hmm. uh, our money. Say okay, if that's going to be your rules, I'm going somewhere else. Unfortunately, definitely when we deal with stuff like schools, these yeah. guys are state are state funded. So really they're it doesn't matter what direction it is that they take, but they're more incentivized uh, to take the side of generally the, the, the authoritarian left when it when it comes to that. I wouldn't think that, let's say, if there wasn't this, be it state subsidies, be it through grants, loans, whatever it is, which is why America, your college education costs so much. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, if it wasn't, if that wasn't a thing, I think you would see le less of this because you have more, it would obviously be more cheaper and people would be like, you know what? No, take them. I'm going to another another school. This is why we need more uh, co competition, certainly in higher education. But for real, it's a silly conversation to even have. Like it, it, what they do is they're telling me that the vaccine doesn't seem to work like they tell me that it works. Because if it because works, if it works, the hell are you worried about me for? Mm -hmm. right. This is why when I'm seeing like sports, uh, we're going to separate these guys for what? Like, wouldn't you want them uh, around someone that they, I guess, couldn't maybe mm -hmm. either infect or they would at least not have, it's, uh, I guess, it's to mitigate the symptoms. It's almost like you don't have confidence mm -hmm. in that, mm -hmm. especially when we've, I don't know, done that for nothing else. Right. But the one with the 99% survival rate, <laughs> we have to go around, oh, we need to ask you all these questions. Again, effectively, are they, and I said this will happen on this show last year, I said, it's not going to come by way of the state. Like or the federal government saying, OK, everybody must get vaccinated. We're going to pin you down and, 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 and throw, or throw you in jail and then pin you down and inject you. And I, I was like, that wasn't going to happen. It's going to be this sort of roundabout way to where it's more effectively. It is the same thing. Mm -hmm. It is a vaccine passport because it's going to be very, very inconvenient to do things that you were doing before. Mm -hmm. Now, I hope it doesn't go all the way. Uh, well, it depends on where you're at. If you're in California, yeah, you're dealing with that problem probably right now. Thankfully, in Texas, I'm going wherever maskless <laughs> without the vaccine. Saying if you say some, nobody said anything yeah. uh, to me, but yeah. you know, what are you gonna do, nonetheless? Mm -hmm. So, well, I don't know, we'll, we'll see where we go with this, but it's just again. They, they don't seem to have as much confidence in this vaccine in terms of it working like they say it's supposed to. Yeah. Somehow they convinced us all that it's a vaccine when it's not really a vaccine, and then half the people that have the vaccine don't even know that they're not 
really vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, in a traditional, a, a symptom in a traditional you know? sense, exactly. Well, what what I would like to know is, Jeremy, do you think that they would have any more um, clout to any of their cases, being that this is not an actual FDA-approved vaccine? I mean, it has not gone through any of the safety, all of the safety studies, I should say, than the ones that are quote FDA approved. And that's not to say that I personally trust something that has the FDA approved stamp on it. It's just that like this was authorized for emergency use. There's clearly no long term studies on this particular um, vaccine. It just seems odd that you would be allowed to just mandate it. Yeah, and that's that's going to come though, right? We're yeah. going to have those long term studies here per, per, fairly soon. Will uh, we? Uh, I, I, mean, I assume so, a, but it's what been, it would be a year, maybe. Sure, but in in six months it'll be eighteen months. So it'll you know it, did, yeah. it takes some time to get that kind of stuff done, and it'll come around pretty soon. Look, I'm actually fairly optimistic on this one though, because I, I I think the general consensus of the country is like, look, we're wait a minute, we're we're free, right? You know, you don't you can't. It used to be that we'd have to show papers to cross borders in like those Iron Curtain countries. Why? We don't do that here. That's right. not American. Right. You don't have to show your passport to get on an airplane. You don't have to show this vaccine thing to get on to go into Walmart. I mean, why would we be doing that right now? Are we going to have Sergeant uh, Schroeder, whatever his name was, from Solid 13 coming and telling you, you got to let me see your papers, please, before you. you exactly. That's not. Or are we going to have to wear some sort of indication on our sleeve right. that we are or are not vaccinated? Yeah. This is this is completely anathema to who we are as a country. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad we've got Governor Abbott and Governor DeSanctis and some others are saying we're not going to require a vaccination passport. And I'm telling you, businesses, you should not be doing that either at least having the state weigh in and say the state's not going to require that. Let's hold true to the principles of federalism. Get all the states that will do that to do that mm-hmm. so that we can have the sort of, if it's not a scientific consensus, which that's laughable, but it, at least we could have a, a state's consensus on who's going to want a vaccination passport or not, or who's going to against them, I guess. That may end up being the thing that uh, uh, saves the whole country, almost like the founding fathers wanted it to be, right? Huh. The states having the authority and then, uh, or the power to be able to control the local thing, govern best at the local level. I'm going to get off on a lesson here. So <laughs> well, actually, we may get you back on that whenever we come back, because uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about the Biden DOJ that is upset that uh, Missouri made itself a sanctuary from federal gun laws. You're not going to want to miss that. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Built Bar. So uh, those of you who, especially those of you who are still working from home, first of all, get back to work but second of all when you're working from home you just keep you keep wandering to the pantry right you keep you're like oh i'm hungry again no you're not hungry you're just bored but you're gonna go there you're gonna eat stuff you shouldn't and then you you turn around and it's three months later and you're like where did this 10 pounds come from i don't know don't do that stock your pantries with built bar okay built bar it's a protein bar but it tastes like a candy bar so you feel like you're cheating on your diet but you're actually not amy's over here nodding because i got her hooked on built bar <laughs> i got my birthday cake bars in the did, mail they're and so good they're already gone yeah <laughs> so i still might gain a 10 hopefully i won't gain a 10 pounds i know i have to say like i'm like well um built bars are really good for you i don't know about when you eat five a day like i sometimes <laughs> Times have that might that might cancel it out i don't know but they're high in protein high in fiber they're low in calories and carbs they work on keto diets as well uh, so you're definitely going to want to get stocked up especially if you love chocolate because they are all covered in 100 chocolate you got to go to builtbar.com use promo code news 15 you will save 15 percent off of your first order only at builtbar that's b-u-i-l-t bar.com promo code news 15.
So uh, Missouri Governor Mike Parson uh, made the show me state a, a sanctuary from federal gun laws. So Missouri law enforcement officials will be um, they no longer will Missouri law enforcement officials be allowed to enforce the federal firearms rules. They can't enforce it and they can't help the federal uh, government enforce those laws. But apparently Joe Biden's Department of Justice is not thrilled with this. They sent a letter to Parson this week telling the governor that a state does not have the authority to prevent the enforcement of federal law. Uh, they said, uh, much like cities and states that have declared they will not enforce federal immigration laws, Missouri has declared it's going to protect its citizens from federal overreach. Mm -hmm. It just seems so uh, simple to me, right? It feels like they're making this so complicated when it's so simple that the uh, overriding document would be the Constitution, would it not? I mean, this is why decentralization, uh, I, I say it every day on the show. It's actually incredible how you tie everything. Everything like it's just funny, like because everything ties into it, right? It's like, why is there this these again? I got to watch my language on this show. But why is it that there's these folks out there being in Washington that get to rule over 300 something million people over something as simple as, again, gun rights? Yeah, that's silly. Yeah. It's a silly conversation. That's just scare freak people out that there. Of course, the federal government wants to come in, be it Biden or whoever is like, no, you, you, you will help us out when we do want to use aggression upon peaceful people for not owning the, uh, a weapon in the way that you say that we, we should be uh, able to do. That's a scary thing. But this is why it's things like that. Definitely when that when someone else like the Bidens of the world get in positions of power that you don't you don't like them, you don't want them to be able to rule uh, as such. This is why decentralization should be moving on the top of the list of people that claim to value liberty. It's mm -hmm. the centralization that, of course, is the problem because we all feel the brunt of it. that doesn't mean that you won't have instances like the Californians who. Why would you want to live there? Of course. But at least I, I, it's, that's way easier to navigate. And even those folks out there in California, is it more easier for them to fight the, the, the government of California than it is the federal government? Of course. Yeah, of mm -hmm. course it yeah. is. So this is why decentralization is another example of it and why it should move to the top of the list. As far as I'm concerned, I think you're useless in terms of uh, actually advocating or moving the moving the world closer towards liberty if it's not at the top of your list. It is it is interesting, Amy, because uh, in in the letter that was sent to Parson, it said uh, that the new law threatens to disrupt the working relationship between federal and local authorities. <laughs> the public safety of the people of the United States and citizens of Missouri time, is, pa <laughs> <laughs> is paramount. But I'm wondering why they don't take this stance when uh, states and cities declare themselves sanctuary cities oh. for like immigration. Well, of course. Not. That yes. would also be the same, you could make the exact same argument, could you not? Well, you could, and I think this is so funny That's that you logical. know, Grandpa Biden's going to send you a letter if yeah. you don't <laughs> abide by his laws. No one is scared of this. What is happening, and I'm so, I'm optimistic, not excited yet, because, and you could dive into the law part of this, you're right, it doesn't actually hold any, like, authority mm -hmm. necessarily when it comes to the federal laws but what it does do there's 1200 jurisdictions in 42 states across the country that 
are sending a very strong, powerful message back to Washington saying, we are not going to deploy our state resources to enforce this. We are not going to be spending money to have if, if and what we're talking about here is rules such as uh, bans on extended magazine capacities and bans on AR-15s. States are saying we're not going to spend our money to send our law enforcement officers out to each of the people's houses in our states right. who don't want to turn in their firearms. Yeah. And it's sending a strong message or else Biden wouldn't be out there writing letters to everybody, getting all <laughs> upset about this. So yeah. I'm excited to the point of, I think it sends the message, but how much authority, you know, can your U.S. Attorney General still do something there, like in your state to enforce it? They can, but if these states are saying you're not going to get our money to do it, then find another way to fund it. Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, look, I, I think there are a lot of people in this country we got to remember that see the federal government say that like, oh, okay, okay. It's almost like saying, you know, plants crave electrolytes. Brondo has electrolytes. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's just kind of the world in which we're living in right now. And But you're right to say that this governor and others like him are right to put this message out there. Say, look, if you want to enforce federal laws, you go ahead. But I'm not giving you my mm -hmm. state troopers. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you an office down the hall. You're going to have to go and figure out this on your own. Because I see the First Amendment, or the Second Amendment, sorry, going uh, this direction. And you're reading it completely opposite of that. So don't bring me into your mess over here. I've at least gotten my law degree at Costco to continue the theme of the, of the show, <laughs> of the movie. Uh, but it, and I, I can read the Constitution and what it says. We all ought to be able to do that. Um, sadly, too many Americans are just saying, well, plants crave electrolytes. I'll just follow that guy over there. Yeah, I feel like shall not be infringed is like, I mean, it's pretty, like I it's said, pretty clear. pretty yeah. basic. You don't really need, I mean, mm -hmm. your law degree is very, very valuable, but I don't need a law degree to understand what that says. Well, that makes me feel good that you said <laughs> that. I appreciate well, that. And just the one part. <laughs> We're talking about hundreds of millions of gun owners who aren't all Republicans yeah. here. You know, we had 8 million new gun owners just in 2021 or 2020 alone. And so you're talking about people that are really divided politically here. Probably people so in blue states who are having their governors release people from the jails and yep. all of that. I mean, are seeing Riots yeah, increase or they're police burning. defunded. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're starting to see this increase in gun ownership. And so it's going to take a lot more help, you know, than just the federal government that I think can control any of that. So yeah. I At think the end it, of the day, let's have them keep on doing the crazy talk from sure. now until about yeah. 2022 or so. And <laughs> yeah. that, that should be good. Right. Keep on talking about how we don't need to fund the police and we need to take away everybody's mm -hmm. weapons and we need to talk about you know, Catholic services, making sure that they agree with the non-discrimination laws and you're bigoted people for not doing all that. Hey, push that stuff out there. Yeah. We need more of that stuff in the next couple of years here, at least until 2022. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. Uh, when we come back, Hunter Biden is uh, being criticized, not on mainstream media, but for the people who are actually following the real stories for more uh, racial slurs. We'll get to that when we come back. So yesterday... Biden embroiled in yet another text scandal. Uh, now, these text messages are apparently sent to his cousin Caroline in 2019. Uh, he used an anti-Asian slur. Now, this was a conversation that he was having with his cousin that was he was telling her, I want to date 24-year-olds because they are easy to impress. Uh, that was what his that was where he was going with that. So uh, Caroline Biden, his cousin, says if we can show this, do you want foreign or domestic? 
because um, he wants her to set him up. He says, you have to make the pitch directly. Then she says, I can't give you effing Asian. Sorry, I'm not doing it. And Hunter decides he wants a domesticated foreigner is fine, he says. Uh, and then they go on and he says, no yellow is what he says in these text messages, obviously uh, responding to her saying, I can't give you Asian, sorry. Uh, pretty disgusting rhetoric from the son of the president. And I mean, I guess it should come as no shock that he would be speaking in such horrible, uh, you know, using such horrible language. We saw before, what was it, last week when we talked about him using the N-word. Now we see he's using these uh, anti-Asian slurs. I mean, he did have quite a role model growing up, Eric. Man, this guy's on a roll. Um, look, I'm of the opinion that, you know, these. this is how this guy talks. Just yeah. regularly, oh, obviously. 100%. Uh, definitely when you saw just how easily he was throwing that N-word out there. To his stuff. white lawyer. Yeah, that dude uses that like daily, man. Yeah. And <laughs> I know the conversation is supposed to be, well, these guys are not going to cover it. The mainstream media is going to kind of stay away from it. And yeah, they, they are, of course. And we talked about it off air. His brand is being elevated. Yeah. What is he selling? Paints for like 500. Uh, he's selling some sort of yeah. some art or some crazy for some insane amount uh, uh, of, of money. And I, I've seen that in the headlines. This not as much. Only yeah. people that are generally on the opposite side. So this is interesting. It's certainly interesting to me. I mean, the conversation in itself was a little bizarre. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that he, cause he was he was 49 at this point, by the way, when he was saying I that he wanted a 24 year old I mean, to date. Look, and this is his cousin. His I female mean, cousin, look, yeah. man, people have what they're into. Um, and it is what it is. But man, it's that's legal, uh, like us. I, I mean, I, 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 what else am I supposed to say in that regard? <laughs> don't expect the more mainstream guys to really dwell on, in on sort of the rhetoric that we have now, multiple examples of him using yeah. it to refer to people that are uh, let's say whatever race. Yeah, the thing that's so perplexing to me, Amy, is that they just don't, I mean, you would think that, that the mainstream media would just be like, okay, we don't really think you're a great person. We don't want to report on it, so we're just going to let you go away. But instead, they're like, yes, come on, Good Morning America. Give us these interviews. Here's, here's his book if you want to buy it. Here's his art if you want to buy it. Gross. It's bizarre that they're not just like, okay, we don't see it, but we're also not going to talk about you like you're awesome. <laughs> we're just not going to address it. Yeah. First off, Hunter Biden gives me the creeps. Oh, he's gross. He's gross. This language is gross. What he says is disgusting. I'm just repulsed at his attitude towards other human beings and... But he has, you know, what what all Democrats have, which is liberal privilege. Mm -hmm. So you can be a racist as long as you're a Democrat. Mm -hmm. It's totally okay. We we know that. I mean, that is that is not not new news here, you know. But reading stuff like this just continues to emphasize to me just how hypocritical these people are, and it needs to be shared. We you have to keep sharing it on these platforms because we know, like you said, it's never going to be talked about. They won't even skim over it and give him an opportunity to address it on any of these other shows. We're just going to, like you said, completely ignore it and we'll talk about your paintings. Yeah, it's bizarre, Jeremy. It is bizarre. I could barely anything else to add. I just, I don't want us to lose our 
uh, anger over this kind of stuff. That is not how you should talk. Mm. If you're a young man, don't ever talk like that, yeah. ever. Your mama should slap you for that kind of <laughs> stuff. My mama would. And mamas, you should slap your kids if they talk mm. like that. Stop that. This yeah. is bad. Don't treat women like this. Mm -hmm. You're talking about trading people like they're commodities. That happened before in history. It was bad. It's mm -hmm. wrong. It's immoral. It should be illegal for Pete's sake. Good grief. Grow up, man. You're 49 years old. Oh, yeah. goodness sakes. It's disgusting to me, and it should be disgusting to everybody. So don't, don't lose your edge about how awful that is. It's terrible. Yeah, it is bad. Um, and, you know, you look at the New York Times, who we, I, we talked about this. I was just on with Candace Owens um, on Tuesday, and we talked about this topic. And um, I, I think I said uh, the New York Times, Morgan Wallen, his use of the N-word got, I think, 14 front like 14 articles on the front page there was some random 15 year old cheerleader who you know used bad language racial language they put her on the front page nobody knows who the hell she is but they're going to ruin her life and then hunter biden zero have we run out Zero. of dial soap to stick in their mouth? I mean, goodness <laughs> gracious. Apparently, apparently. Uh, all right, let's get to this really quickly because we have a couple minutes left. So Victoria's Secret, they are replacing their Victoria's Secret angels. Uh, they, they will be no more, okay? You, I'm sorry, men. Men around the world are very, very upset because they have decided to go woke instead and they will now feature um, the VS Collective that has women famous for their achievements and not their proportions, uh, including... Megan Rapino. So <laughs> this is this. Yes, I definitely want to see what she looks like in a bra <laughs> because it's really going to give me an indication of how I will then look in a bra. Wait, didn't, didn't we already find that out on the soccer field? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah There's sports line. There's sports bras. Like you know, that, yeah. that could have been a thing. And look, I am all for. Okay, Victoria's Secret took a big hit. I mean, they were down like 11 percent of the market share. So I don't think this is the way to come up. Okay, you know, but I am all about celebrating women for their accomplishments. Absolutely. I think that that is a fantastic idea. I think that's great. I think they have to shake some things up. I love the Victoria's Secret fashion show, though. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw that mm -hmm. out there. And I loved being able to say, you know what? Gosh, maybe if I put that on, I, I could look like that. Or I need to go work out a little bit more or something. So, you know, like, I understand what they're doing. And I'm, I'm good with it. But they should have added to that list, too, as long as you align with us politically. And it's not right. like I want to gripe about this too much. Because I think it's, a, it's moving in a good direction to start celebrating women's accomplishments over their proportions. But, like, there's a lot of other women who have done some amazing things and accomplished a lot that we all know are never going to be the new face of Victoria's Secret. And I would just like to actually see diversity of thought and accomplishment, too, not just all these people that subscribe to the same ideas politically as they do. Well, uh, Megan Rapino said that the company's previous approach to selling lingerie was patriarchal, sexist, and viewing not just what it meant to be sexy, but what the clothes were trying to accomplish through a male lens and that the angels were very harmful. So it's good that she got her way in those poor... I feel bad for the angels, guys, they because starving. they didn't... Um, they're like, we didn't even do anything and we just got fired. <laughs> or starving children down the street. Go help them. This yeah. is not worth the time. It's it's incredible. Uh, poor angels. Eric, last word. We got like 20 seconds. Know. This is just part of the course for everything that we see really with basically every brand right now in which they are moving in the direction that doesn't really resemble what it is that made them, let's say, what it is right. that they are. Right. I talk about this every day in the comic book uh, uh, realm that we see so much of that, and it's like these guys are moving from brand to brand, 
to just destroy <laughs> to destroy it. And yeah, I, I like what you what you say. Yeah, there are things that you can add if you want to uh, give people some sort of acknowledgement of, of whatever it is they accomplished. But yeah, this is a signal, right? Yeah. So yeah. They, that, that's yes. not what this is about. Right. Like that, right. this is a, this is more of an of a signal because you're trying to replace something that was obviously there. So that's obviously the point that they're trying to make. Yeah. All right. Uh, by the way, women, if you are sexy, shame on you. Be less sexy. All right. We got to go back in a minute. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. I mean, Hey, those of you who are watching on YouTube, maybe you're watching on Blaze TV, Facebook, Pluto, wherever you are watching, the many ways you can watch our smiling faces. Don't forget, you can also go to wherever you get your audio podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review the news and why it matters. Not only will it help more people be able to find this show and then less people who have to resort to like Brian Stelter and Chris Cuomo, I, there's like, like probably five people left that are watching their shows that need to be watching ours. Uh, but also, if you write us a good review, you may see yours read live on air, like the one today from Tanyetta M, who says, Eric July is my favorite, by far my favorite podcast, interesting, refreshing, and entertaining. Another Eric July fan right there. Uh, we've got one more from PM Jax, who's, <laughs> gosh, who says, new show image, about time you are front and center in your show's logo. Great listen. Great show listen every day. That's very kind of you. Yes, we did do a rebrand. And uh, it's it's all, you just got me very shy. And now I don't know what to say. Uh, don't forget, you can sign up for Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com. If you use promo code NEWS, you will get $10 off when you sign up for a year. Only at blazetv.com. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Yep. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.